Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I'm Jen, to your mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. We recorded this podcast two days ago, and my phone did not save it. Thus, we are re-recording this podcast. Luckily, we kept the script, the extensive notes, and the detailed description of what we did, and it'll be identical. Yes, because there are zero notes. <laughs> Our notes go... We should do a podcast. Okay, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. It's all up right up here. It's yeah. up up here in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Dad literally fell asleep in the middle of us recording the last podcast. I think literally figuratively. <laughs> no, no. Your eyes were closed and you were asleep. So uh, this one will hopefully be engaging enough to... There keep... is no evidence of that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, I was an eyewitness, though. Is, testify is, to it in court. That is something. Anyway, uh, the cocktail of the week that we made last time was not very good. So we're just drinking Diet Cokes right now. <laughs> uh, we made the apple cider mojito, which is just apple cider, rum, lemon juice, little splash of soda. It was too lemony. It was not very good. But it was not terrible. It just wasn't, uh, you know, anything epic. Yeah. You shouldn't waste your time. No. Um, so there no. you go. Uh, if you are looking for Thanksgiving cocktails, there's some good recipes for, like, cranberry mimosas. Open yourself a bottle of champagne or kava or whatever. Some cranberry juice. Yeah. What did somebody... Some tweet today was said that the boulevardier is a good Thanksgiving boulevardier drink. boulevardier is a very classic cocktail. It has vermouth in it, though, doesn't it? I don't think so. It It described it as... Is it a Negroni with rum? Negroni, no, Negroni has Negroni with bourbon. Negroni has vermouth. Oh, then there's a little bit of vermouth in it, yeah. Not that that's bad. I mean, I like all the cocktails that I made that it's have just the right... vermouth in them, but I would always like them better if they didn't have it. Depends on the right mix. There's vermouth. Less vermouth is better. A Boulevardier is a classic cocktail. It has bourbon, vermouth, and Campari. What if you make it with... Gin? Negroni. You've just described a Negroni. I, I, that's what it said. It's Gin? a Negroni vermouth? with bourbon. Campari. Unless you have a violent aversion to vermouth. Yeah, I don't. Negronis are bad. good too. And the Campari does a lot to diminish the vermouth. Yep. But I always feel like if I'm trying to hide one of the ingredients, I could do better. Hmm. So, anyway, okay. try a Negroni or a Boulevardier. Or a Boulevardier. They're both delicious. Yes. Sweet vermouth, though, not dry vermouth. Big sweet, difference. Sweet, vermouth. sweet, sweet vermouth. Um, We're talking about running in the cold. Yes. How do you motivate to get your butt outside in the wintertime? That's right. And if you don't run, this still applies if you want to, like, go walk your dog in the cold and you hesitate about it. So uh, we'll try to condense it because I think our previous version of this podcast was like an hour and 10 minutes because I rambled and rambled and GR Dad slept. And According to you, I was asleep. Vank needed to go out a bunch of times, though. Now she's looking kind of frantic like she maybe needs to go out. Ugh, it's such a narrow window. Last time I let her out three times and she just wandered outside and looked at me. And then your mom took her outside and she was like, all business. Yeah, well, she's whining, so I'm going to take her out now. Let's pause the <gasps> podcast. Okay, we're back. All that talk of Campari made me want Campari. So we're now drinking Campari and soda, which is one shot of Campari and a glass of ice topped with some club soda. It's very beautiful and red. Used to be made with bugs. Campari used to be, I think it was the color came from bugs. Yep. It was not vegetarian. Now it is. Oh. Yep. Delish. Tastes good. Oh. Um, okay. Cocktail of the day? Campari. Campari and soda. 
Good job, dear dad. Inspiring the cocktail of the day that we weren't even going to have. Just by sitting here on my butt. So, how do you get yourself to run outside in the winter or walk? Cattle prod. (laughs) Could be effective if you have someone and also have a cattle prod. (laughs) Uh, I think there are two main categories of things. One is being dressed properly. And then two is getting yourself out the door. So, we'll start with being dressed properly. Um... Depends how cold it is, where you live, what you should wear. Like here in D.C., it's going to be, like this weekend, it's going to be in the 30s is the high, which is very cold. Like the coldest winter days we get, normally it still gets up into the 40s. It's going to be super cold this weekend, but that is about as bad as it gets. Like we'll have a few days colder than that, but normally it's always up in the mid-30s at worst, right? Unless we've got like a cold snap. Yep. And uh, when I lived in Chicago, that was not true. It would be like freaking eight degrees and windy. And so you need to have different stuff depending on where. So here are in like increasing orders of warmness clothes to investigate getting. Uh, Running tights or pants. And they come in various warmths. So Mm -hmm. you can get just kind of whatever the regular ones are. Um, Under Armour makes a line called Cold Gear which is designed for when it's really cold, and they will keep you very warm, though they run really small. So try those on. But I had a pair of those for a while when I was running in Chicago, and they're very good. Long sleeve shirts. Again, you can get kind of pretty lightweight, like the same material as a technical t-shirt running shirts, and then they make also super warm ones. Your skinny, what is it, Solomon one? Jackets. You could get jackets. I have uh, one that I've raved about before, the Solomon one, which I dropped like 80 bucks on, it's super thin. It weighs like three ounces for the jacket. Totally waterproof. Good at like stopping the wind, um, but really lightweight. So I actually love it because it's good for in-between temperatures, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then you can go all the way up to a big poofy parka, depending on how cold it is. Gloves, depending how cold your hands get. Um, you can do just the little... I almost always actually run in the like little $1 a pair stretchy gloves that you can get at like CVS or whatever. You get like 10 pairs at once. You can. These are the ones Vink eats. Yeah, well, it's Vink. Uh, yeah, so I actually run in those in almost every temperature. It's only when it gets really cold that I need something warmer. But if it gets cold where you are, find some warmer ones. They make super technical ones that like don't get damp, but you just try what works. Oh, you have mittens too. I have mittens, which I occasionally wear for running. This weekend, we're going to go for a run, and it's going to be cold, and I'm actually going to make myself a pair of mittens out of an old t-shirt so I can stick like the little heating things, like hand warmer things, inside them. Interesting. I have these big, giant, like, Canada Olympic Olympic team mittens. Those are cool. Uh, I think they'll be too warm for running, but I do wear those when I walk the dogs in the winter. I think those will be too warm, so I need, like, an in-between mitten so i'm gonna make some out of a t-shirt you can find good uh instructions on how to do that especially with like old sweaters on pinterest if you have a sewing machine it's really easy you trace your hand and then make a turkey you you kind of make a turkey and uh you then draw a line half an inch out from that and then you cut it out and you put it on your sweater and then you cut that out and then you sew it around the edge and you got mittens i mean you learn everything you need to learn in life in elementary school or from pinterest what same thing yeah 
Uh, so if you start getting into the really cold weather, you may want a Bellicleva, the thing like a ski mask kind of thing. It covers your face. Mm-hmm. An in-between solution, which I might try this weekend, is that you can get um, just these little tubes that you can wear around your neck in the summer that keep you cold. Oh, yeah. It's like if you took everything off the turtleneck except the collar. Yeah. Uh, so you can get those and like they can cover your uh, mouth and nose if you want, but they're easy to pull up and pull down. They can cover your ears too. People use them for all sorts of things. So uh, that's another thing that you might try. Did you work up to the hat yet? Hat. Definitely get a hat. Running headbands to keep your ears warm. Jared, well, Dad and I had a fight about hats and gloves when we were early on in our dating. The first six months of our relationship, we were going for a run and it was super cold. And Jared, uh, Dad has trouble imagining that the weather is going to be different than whatever the conditions are that he's currently experiencing. It's it's a condition. So we'll be like here in the winter and it's like 30 degrees and we're packing to go down to the Keys. And he's like, should I bring shorts? How many sweaters should I bring? It's it's 80 degrees down there. The low is 70. Bring shorts. Bring t-shirts. Do not bring sweaters. I should bring more jeans. And then he's got like all these long pants, like one pair of shorts. He's like, I just can't imagine that it's going to be that warm. I'm like, here's the forecast. It's going to be 85. He just can't deal with it. If it's raining in one place and not raining in another, he just cannot make himself like bring an umbrella because it's not raining now. It's a limitation. I I mean, even like going outside is a struggle for me. So this is the thing. So we get ready to go for a run. It's nice and warm inside. I admit. It's 30 degrees outside. And I'm like, you need a hat and gloves. He's like, I don't. I'm like, you 100% do. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm like hot in here. I don't don't understand why I'd wear a hat. It sounds uncomfortable. And and I was like, this is ridiculous. And I, I... Maybe rightly or wrongly, assume there's also some undercurrent of toxic masculinity involved and like, I'm too hardcore to need a hat. Anyway, I insisted and you kept going, no, no, no. And I made you put the damn hat on and... It was better. Your head was probably warmer, though we did not have... uh, It was not the most harmonious of our runs together. (laughs) So... Anyway, yeah. And then when do you put those things on? You need to figure this out for yourself. Um, I had a spreadsheet for a while where I would record the conditions. Usually the the only things that really matter are the temperature, if it's light or dark out, because running in 50 degrees in the dark and 50 degrees in the light feels very different. And then basically, is it really windy or is it not super windy? And uh, and so I had a little spreadsheet. And so for me, like shorts and t-shirt, until it gets down to 59, uh, 49 degrees. Huh. If it's 49 or above, I need short sleeves. I get too hot. If it's under 49, long sleeves. If it gets under 40, I need tights. Uh, my ears are super sensitive to the cold, and so I put a hat on pretty much when it's 50 or colder. My ears will still get like super sore, even if it's like in the low 50s, which is weird. Like it's not typical, but you got to find those things out. Like my mom's hands get super cold, so she'll wear little stretchy gloves even if it's sixty outside because her hands get really cold. Gee, our mom spends a lot of time on Wonderground and the weather app. Oh my gosh, I she love their like. She doesn't use a thermometer; she uses the weather app. Mm-hmm. Tell, tells you everything. If like charts, pressure, temperature, it's real feel. It's pretty handy. Yeah, very objective. I, I love the data. 
Um, so yeah, for a while I was keeping a spreadsheet. So I'd be like, here's the temperature. Here's what I wore. Was it too hot or too cold? And then I'd adjust it. And then once I was like, okay, I'm getting it right. Then I sort of had a guide for myself that like, these are the things that I need in different conditions. And now I've run so much that I totally know just by looking at the temperature. But if you're trying to figure it out, that is a useful thing to do. All right. So I want to talk about getting the temperature right. And so I feel like we've got there. The second thing I was going to talk about is like how to get yourself out the door. It can like, you want to measure how comfortable you are running once you've been running for a while. So if it's like, if it's 50 degrees, what you should be wearing, the answer is what you feel like you should be wearing after you've been running for two miles. It does not matter what you feel like you should be wearing at the beginning because the beginning gets over fast. It'll be wrong. And so, yeah, decide what you should wear based on how you feel after you've been running for two miles. Then the problem comes up of getting yourself out the door because it's cold to get out the door when it's 50 degrees and you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt and it feels like crap. And so there are some strategies and one of them is you put some more clothes on at the beginning. I don't generally like this strategy because you can't just throw out what you're wearing every time you go and it usually means you end up carrying stuff and so it's like you have to be uncomfortable for five maybe 10 minutes and then you have to carry your clothes for the rest of your run which is definitely longer than that so part of the strategy is you just got to learn to suck it up at the beginning is a really good strategy um some ways to help you do that one that is my favorite is to get way overheated in your house when it's time to go so thing number one put your running clothes on because that sometimes is enough to just be like all right i'm just gonna go but i have spent many hours in my running clothes sitting on the couch avoiding going out because i'm gonna be cold and so if you're like all right i really need to go do this but you really don't want to go out in the cold strategy two if you have a treadmill run half a mile on the treadmill then you're all warmed up uh if you really want to take this to the extreme run on the treadmill with a jacket on you're going to get overheated running on the treadmill for half a mile with the jacket on and then you will be desperate to get that jacket off and go outside and cool down a little bit and so then feels really refreshing for a couple blocks and by then you're into it enough that it's okay um, if you don't have a treadmill, you can do jumping jacks. You can do stuff that will get you hot. You could just put on a jacket and sit in front of your heater vent blowing on you for a little while. But the point is to get uncomfortably warm in the house. So you really want to get outside <laughs> and like shed the extra clothes and get outside in your normal running clothes. And then it will feel sort of refreshing long enough for you to get going. This is a great strategy and it means you don't carry extra stuff. So it both makes it intolerable to stay inside and pleasant to go outside yep and then like the overheating will wear off very quickly but by then you're moving and you know you only have to be moving for five minutes to get warmed up to where your clothes will be appropriate uh but yeah sometimes there are runs especially if you're doing longer ones or you just can't deal with being cold like that for a while where the temperature is going to change or you want to wear some extra clothes you want to dress in layers so you should not dress in major layers when you're running because you got to carry all those layers around with you. But if you have like a little jacket that you want to wear, like I have that Solomon one that we talked about, um, that's great for when it like starts at 45 degrees and it's going to end at 50 degrees. Like those are the worst runs for me to plan because 
I'm definitely too cold with short sleeves at 45, mm. no matter how long I've been running. And I'm definitely too warm with long sleeves at 50. And so I have to have different things for that. So that jacket's really good for those kind of middle runs. And if you run with a camelback, or I have a Nathan, which has like the hydration vests have more room than just like the tiny little minimal camelbacks. Um, so I really love my Nathan. It doesn't jiggle. It stays right on there. It doesn't slosh around. And it's got room. I mean, there's times where I meet Jet, GR Dad for date night and sort of spontaneously have decided that I'm going to run to meet him. And I can pack sandals, undergarments, and a dress tightly into that Nathan uh, and like a tube of lipstick and mascara. And I'm like, it's good enough. And that's and I'll like stop in the Starbucks near where we're meeting and change clothes. Um, and uh, so you can fit a decent amount in there. And so if you feel like you have to bring something with, don't bring a sweatshirt. It's too big. Get something super light that is going to be the thing you take off so it doesn't take up a ton of space. But getting used to carrying, like wearing a hydration pack when you're running, I think is a great thing. Because like GR Dad said, it's nice to have water when you want it. Yep. It'll hold your phone and your money and your keys and it gives you a lot more freedom with stuff you carry around. We've also picked up coconuts in the middle of a run and jammed them in there and brought them <laughs> home. Yeah. Tennis balls, when I like we run past a very fancy country club that we could not afford to be members of, but sometimes their tennis balls pop out onto the street and I pick <laughs> them up and bring them home for hops. Works well with the pack. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a way where if you feel like you have to wear something that you will eventually take off, hydration packs make it easier to haul that around while you're running and not have stuff flapping around your waist or mittens falling out of your waistband or whatever. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, those are some strategies for getting out the house and have hops look at you, those big eyes. That was, yes, that was the last point. So if all those other things fail, which sometimes they do for me, and I'm just like, I do not want to go outside, but I really feel like I need to go for a run. I will put Hopper's leash on and then she gives me her big giant seal eyes. (laughs) Baby seal. (laughs) Blink, blink, blink. Are we going for the run? Why are we not going for the run? You're dressed for the run. I'm dressed for the run. Even though I'm saying that, she's looking at me kind of with the seal eyes. She didn't get to come on my run today. because It's too too dark. I had a doctor's appointment, and so I ran to the doctor's appointment, and then I ran home, but she could not come. So, yes, if you're having trouble getting out, then uh, if you have a dog who likes to run, the dog will make you get out. Like Put the leash on the dog like you're going to go for the run, and then don't go, and the dog will guilt you into going. <laughs> yeah, then you can't stop. The other difficult thing about running in the winter is that it gets dark earlier. And so uh, you have less time to go. I love running after dinner. I run in the evenings pretty much all the time. And certainly in the summer, uh, I like to run after dinner. I love running at like 7.30 and it's light outside and beautiful. Um, Can't do that in the winter because it's dark. So if you live in a place with lots of streetlights, I guess that's great. sort of sucky to like run around the block but whatever such as many of our living situations i certainly live in a place where i could do that uh but i like to run in the woods better and so i have a headlamp i swore at one point in my life i would never wear a headlamp because people who wear headlamps look like idiots they look like the geekiest lamos. peace and love peace and love and now i'm one of them 
nobody really sees me in it because I wear it in the dark. And so it works extremely well. It's a little scary running in the woods because you see all the eyes reflecting back at you. And in our woods, they're just like full of deer. I was going to say, I hope it's deer. It's, oh my gosh. And they're like just lining the trail. They'll be walking across the trail. It's just full of shiny eyes in the woods. Maybe Uh, it's a squatch or two. Well, whatever it is, it (laughs) makes me run faster. Um, but it's worth getting a headlamp if you're going to, even if you're going to run where it's well lit, they're actually really helpful. Um, I just bought myself a fancy one because I'm like trying to upgrade some of my ultra running gear, but up until, I mean, I haven't even run with the new one yet. I've been running with like a $10 one from Amazon, like whatever the cheapest one was and it's worked great. Um, so there's some nice features of the new one, but you can get a cheap one and it's good. Yeah. And the headlamp, I mean, it has the, the. It helps illuminate the path, but it also makes you more visible. So if there are bikes or cars or something, it's just, it, it it's a little bit safer if you're interacting with other people. Yeah, and if you're worried about that, which we have been at points, we used to come home on a trail and uh, it was completely unlit and we could find our way, but there'd be bikers who for some reason wouldn't have headlamps. They'd just be biking on it in the dark and would almost hit us all the time. Yeah. Um, so I got myself this LED kind of waistband. Uh, it's just like a strip. It's like a dog collar, but a little bit bigger. And you like charge it up with a USB cable and push a button and it lights up and you just hook it around your waist. Um, I've run races with it before. You can't even really tell that it's there but it makes you super visible from all sides. So in addition to the headlamp, which makes you visible from the front, that's good to make sure people don't run into you from the back. So yep. I don't really use that for regular runs, but in a lot of races, they want you illuminated after dark. Mm-hmm. For Especially light your stuff. ultras where you're on the road. Yep, yep. They require like reflective stuff and light up and everything. Uh, so those, again, you can get for like 10 bucks on Amazon. You can right. just get an LED dog collar. Um, like if I make the girls light up collars like to their longest length they fit around my waist just fine too there's a lot of room yeah and there are some talking about light and dark in the winter there are some weeks i guess right after the changes from daylight saving where it's actually really light in the mornings still like that i don't know this because i'm never awake i'm just well this is why it's an option that people might not think about right because if you have your routine but if you normally run in the evening and you know daylight savings ends and all of a sudden it's getting dark at five you um, can get up at 5 a.m you've got you can get up at six and it'll be much lighter than it was well the week before at six Hmm. and you've you know you have a little while of of early morning running if you want that i know some people i like it sometimes it wakes me up uh and i you know can start the day differently yeah, no, I I get it. I'm just like so not a morning person. I'm very much a night owl. Yeah, although you'll get up for races at god awful hours. I don't like so. it though. No, it's not something we. It's gleeful. If they were like, you can run this race and have to get up at four a.m., which we've done, or you can run this race and get up at ten a.m., I'm always gonna pick the ten a.m. They just don't give that choice. Is that choice because there's like a conspiracy of morning people in society. I think there's all sorts of reasons why races start in the morning. They should not. Because of road closures and things. I think there are... It's not just for a morning person conspiracy. Whatever. 
Oh, maybe it is. I don't that know. That night train race that we did was great. That started at 5 p.m. That was good. Yeah. It, but the, but it was very interesting to do that. We did a race on the Canadian border up in Maine once, and the start time was 5 or 4.30, wasn't it? 5, yeah. And it but it got light at 3 a.m. there. Super so. bright, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was right on the time zone. We actually crossed the time zone yep. during the race. We, we went into New Brunswick, and they were on a different time zone. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting race because it's it's so far north. It's the northeasternmost point in the continental U.S. Yeah, and I guess in all of the U.S. And uh, yeah, you would. We went to bed, and at one a.m. it was still not totally dark out. Yeah. And at like three thirty a.m., it was starting to get light out. So it was not dark for very long. No, it was cool. It was cool, yes. and we did we during this is the one we've talked about. You you cross the bridge into Canada and then you're, you know, you're an hour ahead, yep. I guess. Yep. And then you cross back at the end and you lose that hour again. So you can't really keep it. Nope. But it was cool. But anyway, in, there are some, some weeks in the winter where uh, running in the morning might be an option to, if you really want daylight. <sighs> and then <laughs> you and I can't be friends. I'm not saying people because not, I wouldn't drag you out or anything. It's just options. Yeah bad option no 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 it's fine i mean i know there are morning people out there i don't understand you and as long as you don't act like you're more morally superior because you get up early it's fine right uh yeah okay other random tips uh bring kleenex because your nose will run in the cold and it's nice to have kleenex and if you rub your nose on your sleeve for a while it'll get raw yes your nose will get raw and it actually doesn't do a very good job just no bring get a couple little packs of kleenex one Kleenex will probably do you if you just want to dab your runny nose. But, like, this is an important thing. So then you have to plan for it. Yep. Yep. Any final tips? <sighs> I bought some hand warmer and foot warmer inserts for our run this weekend. Yeah, I uh, I mean, you can, you, for hats, uh, you can wear the wool caps that are nice, like little toques. Um but depending on the temperature, I like wearing a baseball cap sometimes, too, uh, especially when it's raining because it keeps the rain out of my eyes. Yeah, it doesn't really keep your ears warm, which is my main No, concern. but it's like an in-between. Since I tend to run hot, it, it, I think it makes it a little bit warmer. Interesting. Uh, protects your head from the sun, too. So a baseball cap can be, can be good. Any other so, No, that's tips? a bit. That's, that's all. All right, we have a reader question. Okay. Hello, GR mom and dad and doggos. My name is Grace and I'm from Lawrence, Kansas. We just had our first snow of the season here and my question is, how do the girls feel about snow? Do they like to frolic in it or is it too cold for their little feet? Thank you, have a great day. Girls love the snow. Love, 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 love it. They do, they think it's awesome. I was once in Miami running a marathon and I left the girls with GR dad. I think it was just Hops and Fink. And there was a blizzard while I was in Miami, like two feet of snow, which never happens here, very yeah, rarely. That's a lot. I got stuck in Miami, which was not a hardship. And Jir uh, <laughs> Dad was sending me videos of the dogs at his house. And there's a great one of just him fil- filming his porch. And there's like nothing there except snow. And all of a sudden, Vink like bursts out from under <laughs> the porch into the snow, like looking around. They love to zoom around. They like bound through it like little dolphins in the ocean. Yeah, that was so deep that i had to make little tracks so they could Jared loves relieve to themselves. shovel 
little like paths. It's like a habit trail. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but it's like when we've had big snows before, it's not like he does one. Like the whole backyard becomes like a little maze of trails. <laughs> and he's out like, where did he go? Oh, he's outside like digging more trails for the girls. They like it. You definitely think they like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, the girls love the snow. I do not love they're, the snow. They're very much. fluffy, and then and Hops and Vink can lie outside for twenty minutes and just like get snowed in. Oh yeah. I think they don't. It doesn't bother them at all. Their feet are very floofy, so well padded. They've never had a problem with with feet freezing or anything like that. No, they get the little snowballs in their toes sometimes, and then we just melt them out, and yep. that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, they will lay out there all day if we'd let them. Mm-hmm. They think the snow is great. So and I do and they do like chomp on it sometimes and snowballs. I throw snowballs and they try to catch them and then they disappear or yep, yep. they do chomp them but they turn into snow it's fun yeah they think it's great yeah uh, if you want to send us a question you can send it to the golden ratio four at gmail dot com and uh, just record yourself on your voice memo app and send us the file and we'll put you on the podcast yep um okay a taste of the keys the opposite of snow. <laughs> yes, yes. You got a favorite story from this week? Conclave story? Yeah, the the uh there's a thing in Key West where the rip off rapid response team? Yes, the rip off rapid response team. There's a uh, one main drag in Key West, Duval Street, which goes from one side one ocean to the other, I guess. The Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf. Yeah, it's it's but it's that's the shopping street and that that has most of the bars in and around it but there are these i don't say cosmetic but they're but they're cosmetic stores like lotion stores or cure stores rejuvenation stores and they (laughs) are there's a handful of them and they're very aggressive there's six there's six of them yes well now there are six of them but they're they always have a couple people standing in in and around the door and they kind of bug you trying Force to give you samples on you give you free samples trying to entice you into coming in or involve you in a conversation and you know big city people like like us two we realize it's a ripoff and that <laughs> they're not just trying to be friendly and so this week i guess someone has applied for another like permit and the ripoff rapid response team is now in front of the Key West City Council saying that they need to allow no more than six which is the current number cosmetic stores on Duval Street and they have sworn that they will protest and picket any new cosmetic stores that are allowed and their perspective is like one these are really scammy the ones that are there now like they're super obnoxious but also like they make Key West look bad like the only businesses that do that 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 are super aggressive and out kind of harassing you everything else is really laid back it's like their tactics are so antithetical to like the whole Key's attitude and so it makes, like, the whole town look bad for tourists who kind of go, like, oh, the thing that stood out most was these people harassing me when I walked past their store. Or stores. actually ripping me off for thousands of dollars. Right? Yeah. yeah. Vink has been down in the basement since we let her out, and now she just came back up from the basement. We're going to inspect the basement. It was very interesting to see what happened in the basement. Did you do crafts? Were you doing crafts? Yeah. Good job, Vink. Um, you have a German word of the week for us? Oh, Man, I was thinking of one earlier today, and I forgot it. This is very stressful. I think last time I said Albtraum, which is German for nightmare. Nightmare. Vink, you're a nightmare. Kleiner Albtraum. 
She yeah. seems un, unimpressed by being called a nightmare. Yeah, she does. She should. It's actually a compliment. It is? No, for her it is. <laughs> no, it's nightmare. There's no secondary meaning. It's just nightmare. Yeah, right, that's a good word. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we hope you all have a very thanks, happy Thanksgiving if you are in the U.S. You should have a good Thursday wherever you are. But yes, that's right. Your turkey or tofurkey or whatever you're doing. Turducken. Turducken. So have a good Thanksgiving, everybody, and uh, we'll be back next week with more GR News. Yep. Bye. Bye.